Welcome to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design and Development. Today on the show, we have Jamie Johnston. His company is called Johnston Sustainability, and he's going to talk to us today about the energy crisis, how we can actually create a sustainable world, and what he sees coming in the near future. The difference between solar and and hydrocarbons is that solar is a distributed energy resource. In other words, you can you can put up a panel anywhere in the world and get a modicum of electricity. Now, will it start a 50 horsepower motor? No, but will it turn on a light bulb? Yes. And if you've never had a light bulb, having just a light bulb is a really cool thing. And then if you could, you plug it in and you have a battery and then maybe you've got a pump and you don't have to walk two kilometers for your water. Well, that's even better. So you start where people are, not where you imagine they should be. But this is what America could be, I think. I think we could lead the world in these, these kind of peaceful technologies. And I think they'd be exciting to develop. Solar is DC, and it's a different kind of voltage and watts and whatnot than, than, than what we now use, either in Europe or Asia or in America. But that's just because of arbitrary standards that were picked. Or maybe they weren't so arbitrary, but they were the best possible standards for the time. But now we can do something else. So my, my gig is to start the sustainability channel and talk about these things, and two, to, to kind of cherry pick the products that I think are logically the best ones, the ones that you're going to need. I was just reading an article today about car chargers, either for your home or for the car charging network, where you've got different standards for credit card swiping in different states. And so you may put this big network of car chargers in and then find out that the, the swipe system that you used is not, was not compatible with Visa MasterCard all over the world. So there are all sorts of little gotchas that we're going to have to wander through. But that's the fun part. That's, that's what you do. I've, I've been in startups all my life, so it's, it, that's, that's what I do. What were the startups before this new venture? Oh, gee. In, well, I, I, my first startup, I guess, was in 1980, and it was International Solar and Energy Conservation. And that was in Denver, Colorado, and we were selling solar thermal window coverings, all sorts of sustainability kind of technologies. That was when President Carter was in the... Had, just gone in and, uh, or had, had been in, and he had enacted some pretty respectable tax credits and put panels, solar panels, solar thermal panels on the top of the White House. Reagan took them off, of course. But that's the first one. And then from there, a guy came in to, to and I was a bachelor at the time. We were, a guy came in that I knew and he said, hey, do you want to go make alcohol? And I said, sure, let's go do that. And so we started a company called Golden Technology and went to Utah. And we made alcohol out of cereal grains. And we took the, what's called the, the there's a there's a there's a grain that is left after you 
you take the out, take the fluid off of it, and you feed that to dairy cows. And we were boosting the milk and butterfat production of dairy herds in Utah for the LDS Church. As a matter of fact, by thirty percent. Wow. Because this the 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 what they call the bypass protein quality of the of the feed was was very very high, and the herdsmen the herdsmen those cows he says those cows never been happier their eyes are brighter and their coats are shinier than they've ever been and I figured well then drinking that much beer they're going to be cheerier, and so they used to trot over and and the life of a dairy cow is not very exciting but that one crashed on the we were. We were working, the, the guy that I came over with from Denver, Colorado to, to Utah to make alcohol was an airborne guy. And he was a Vietnam vet. And he was, he thought he was pretty tough. And so we were going to take this through a mini maxi public offering, which was a, which was a, a, one of those not very well pedigreed ways of getting finance capital from the venture community. And, and so Ben went over to Denver and, and got pretty mouthy with the, with the, with the guy who was floating the deal and he just, he just killed it. So at, at, that was my, that was my next, that was the startup and that died. And, but, I married, I fell in love and, and married a woman. So all of a sudden I was in Utah. And so that was, and I had five kids and we had a couple more. So that, I guess I laid off the startups for a little while. Well, not really because I was hired to, to run two computer land stores. And that was in the early eighties. So. You're going, this is when IBM PCs and IBM XTs and ATs were just coming on the, on the scene. So that was, that was kind of exciting. We had some great customers. We beat, we beat IBM for the first year of the LDS church contract, computer contract. And that was, that was an accomplishment. But I left that place. I left computer land and got involved with electronic publishing, which was really exciting. And the electronic publishing, I was in that for, oh, I guess I still am in electronic publishing to a degree. But so let's see, electronic publishing was Electronic Text Corporation. Electronic Text Corporation was right at the beginning of electronic, of taking books and turning them into some sort of machine readable form. And that was handy, but there was no real, no real good way to get around in them. You couldn't find things that you needed. And sometimes that presented quite a problem. I, we published through a, a company named Johnston and Company, which was an electronic publishing company. We published the, the DFAR, which is the Defense Federal Acquisition Regulations. And did that, we sold that to a subscription to that to many, many companies, big uh, defense contractors like Hercules. And the DFAR was about, I don't know, it was probably two reams of paper, probably a thousand pages that they would put updates in about, well, whenever they wanted, 
every day if they decided to put in a new a new update. And so we would keep these companies updated and they we had a, a software package that they could type in any word, any phrase, any section, anything, and they would get it quickly. He split like, and that was a that was a great deal of fun. That took us into we took that same technology, that same text retrieval technology, and that became internet savvy, internet capable, and we were the there were there was one other company that was doing hits in context text retrieval like we were. So we met each other at the network, the Net, NetWorld 2000 conference in San Jose, and they were called Google, and they have done very, very well. You were competing with Google in the early days, huh? Yeah, but we had some stuff they didn't have. They were impressed. We had, we had multilingual hits in context text retrieval with the ability to sort the sort the data sequence, the ASCII sequence of characters, because in, in foreign languages, they aren't always the same as they are in, in the, the old ASCII sequences. So that love of media, right? And now that's pushing through to your current venture where you want to inform people about sustainability. Yeah, that's right. And so what type of sectors are you going to focus on? Or what do you plan to focus on? Well, my first two companies that I'm representing are one, a Chinese battery company that has an excellent product that they have tested, they've sold, and they started to market about 12 years ago in Europe, North Africa, the Middle East, the Eastern Europe. So they're bringing that company, that product to the United States. I am their agent. And if I can scare up some business for them, then that'll be one that I think is important. Because batteries are, I think kilowatts will be money. I think you'll, you'll see the equivalency of a kilowatt being worth a certain amount of money. And so I think that's going to be an important element of our lives. It also gives us lifestyle assurance. One of the things that we have now is a grid system, which was fine throughout the 20th century, but now in many, in many areas, it is not required. It's expensive. It's hard to maintain. It's expensive to maintain and it's unnecessary. So we're going to see this transition of people being able to harvest electricity that will provide for their needs. It'll give them lights. It will power their dishwasher. It'll power their washing machine. The one thing that's questionable is, will it power their dryer with an electric resistance heat? That takes a lot of, that takes a lot of electricity. Same with an electric oven. So there are things that are still TBD. They're gonna, they'll get figured out though. So I'm looking at those products. The other product that I've gotten, I kind of alluded to, was one which has a swipe system for energy charging stations. That is compatible with all states, including California, which actually is a, a California is a bit of a 
of, of a strange duck because Visa, MasterCard have a requirement in California that few, if any, credit card reader swipe systems are compatible with. And getting compatible with those things takes some time. I used to have a, I used to work for a company and, and sold a product called IntelliPay. And we had, we actually had that kind of, that same kind of, of I don't know, verification. So I'm familiar with what these guys have got. So that's two. Then there's another one that I'm looking at that I haven't decided on yet. It's, it's really kind of neat. It's like a portable tiny house. Okay. That's big, bigger than other tiny houses. So it's, it's, it's fun. And, and, uh, but I think ultimately the, the sustainability channel, if we get back to my, my initial idea is that we have to get people excited about what life is about because, because there are a lot of things about life that people don't know that are just simple scientific facts that once they find out, they may very well reevaluate who and what they think they are. So Jamie, if one of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you or your company or follow you on your new site, how would they do so? Okay. Well, Mr. Sustainability is my, is my LinkedIn presence and I'm using LinkedIn mostly for, I'm going to be starting to do some, some very small pieces for the sustainability channel. So Mr. Sustainability on LinkedIn is one place. My cell phone is 801-598-7819. You can call me and Jamie at Mr. Sustainability, J-A-M-E-Y. It's a different sort of spelling at mrsustainability.com gets right to my desk and phone. So I'm, I'm interested in talking to people about where we're going. I've got some good stories to tell that I've gathered over the years. So well, thank you, Jamie, for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design and Development. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.